Come on, let the people of God say amen. Come on, say amen again. Come on, we greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if you know God's been good to you, make a joyful noise to the Lord today. Yeah, come on, if he's worthy of great praise, come on, give him some great praise today. Give him some great praise today. We thank and praise God for God allowing our moments to roll on just a little while longer. For those of you who are watching today via the World Wide Web, thank you for being with us today. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, and I want to thank you today for the privilege of your time. Thank you for allowing us into your space to inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to become all that God wants you to be. Now, I want you to know you are not watching to make me a big preacher, to make us a big church. We're here to help you to become the biggest and best Christian that you can possibly be. We want to pour into you so you can be the salt and light in the world that God is calling you to be. Like us, love us, share us with family members and friends and let them know there's never been a better time for hope. Man, to God be the glory for the amazing things that God is doing. Now listen, these ministry moments are, are shouting moments. I mean, if you're going to shout, this is a shouting time because God is doing some amazing things, not just in you, but God is doing some amazing things through you. So first, first shouting point, first shouting point, we had 12 children in our Upwards football and cheer season to give their life to the Lord. 12 of our children. Come on. Oh, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. I said, I, I said, we got some shouting moments here. Lord have mercy. Over 70% of the people who participate in this ministry are guests. 150 children annually participate in our flag football, our basketball, and our soccer season. We're coming out of football season soon, going into basketball. And man, what a blessing it is to see these children give their life to the Lord and begin their walk with Jesus Christ. We work with their parents to help their parents recognize their responsibility as the primary disciples of their children as well. And we're certainly grateful and thankful to the Lord for that. Listen, this past weekend, yesterday in particular, man, if you missed it, you missed a treat. The Hype Fest was in full force on yesterday. Hype, H-Y-P stands for Heal Your Person, challenging people to take responsibility for their own healing, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And it was such a blessing. We had people who came through the food pantry, literally brought their groceries upstairs and participated. Some parked their cars, some came back. The overwhelming majority of people were visitors from our community. Man, but it was absolutely a blessing. I got one lady, I heard her testimony. I don't know if she's here this morning, but man, she said she comes every week to be blessed by the food pantry and how much of a blessing it has been in her life and the life of her family. Then she came upstairs, got her health screenings done, 
then was able to find insurance for her family, health insurance that she had not had before. And she said she has been so blessed by this church and ministry, she was coming to church today. I don't know if she's here, but she's, she said she was coming today. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise for that. Speaking of our food pantry, over 400 families were served on yesterday. Seven to 800 people were blessed as we helped to address food insecurities. And all of that happens because of your giving, because of your generosity. I'm going to tell you this. You may go to some churches and you pull up on the parking lot and you see a sign that says your tithes at work. You're never going to see that here because your tithes don't go to work in a building. Your tithes go to work in helping people come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus. Amen. And we don't build buildings just to build buildings. Whatever building we build, we're building it to build people. And I'm so grateful and thankful to the Lord for our food pantry ministry. Today is the uh, Sunday to have early voting. This is souls to the polls today. This Sunday, this Sunday, only Sunday, where you can participate in early voting. And we have a project, Hope to Vote. So if you need transportation to get to the polls, we will take you today after this service. Uh, TSU is our closest polling place here. If you live in Harris County, you can vote anywhere in Harris County. Of course, if you live in other counties, you have to vote in other counties. But we want you to exercise your right to vote. Your right to vote makes a difference. There's one person who is elected right now who was elected and they won their election by eight votes. Eight votes. You literally can look down the pew and see the number of votes that they needed. Eight votes. And they are still in office today. We vote somewhere at a 15 to 20, sometimes 25% clip of our registered voters. Can you imagine if we actually voted at 70, 80, 90% of registered voters? What kind of difference that would make when you have people who are losing elections or winning elections by sometimes less than 1,000 people, less than 800, 500 people? We can make a difference. So I want to encourage you to exercise your right to vote. Rooted and grounded, make some noise. Yeah, you in the house now. That's what I'm talking about. Rooted and grounded. Man, I said that at 8 o'clock and man, I, man, four people said, hey. and I said, oh, everybody's coming at 10 o'clock because they're going to stay afterwards for week eight. Uh, that's, that's where my crowd was. Listen, you know, and for our listening audience, Discipleship is not our main thing. It is our only thing. And we are excited about being able to offer you an opportunity wherever you are in the world, an opportunity to know Jesus and an opportunity to grow in Jesus. And I'm grateful we're in 12 different states, uh, three different countries. We're looking to expand that, trying to double that in the next year. Um, let me just give you some pictures and highlights. I'm telling you these are shouting points. Our Atlanta and Chicago-based life groups, Atlanta and Chicago, Taco Hills Community Alliance and the Cancer Support Center were beneficiaries of the work of our Atlanta and Chicago-based life groups. Amen. As we encourage people to not just love God and serve God where they are, but serve people where they are. 
Uh, I want to thank everybody for their partnering with us in the Beacon Homeless Day Center. How many of you were blessed last week? I was preaching from down there last week. Man, we had a wonderful, wonderful time there, including broadcasting from there. You see me showing off some of my culinary skills down there. Uh, but man, what a blessing for those of you who don't know the Beacon Homeless Day Center is a day center that serves homeless men and women. They open at seven o'clock every day. They close at two o'clock every day. Men and women can go there, get a hot breakfast, a hot lunch. If you go and volunteer, you help prepare the food and serve the food for those residents uh, or those clients. Yeah, I was getting my jam on a little bit. They had a little music playing. Uh, but man, it was an absolute blessing. It's also a place where the men and women can come and hang out a safe place, a dry place, a warm place. They show movies in there and men and women can get their laundry done if they live on the streets and they can also get a shower there. And man, it was just an absolute blessing to be there. And we're looking forward to God continuing to bless us. Santa Maria's Bonita House is one of our facilities. Yeah, if you serve there, make some noise if you serve there. Santa Maria's Bonita House, man, is a facility for adjudicated women who have been reconnected with their children during the last six months to year of their incarceration. And they are able to reconnect with their children in a safe environment and build skills to help them be successful, to fight against recidivism. And man, it's a tremendous, tremendous facility. And I want to thank all of those who volunteered there. St. Dominic's Village, if you serve there, make some noise, St. Dominic's Village. St. Dominic's Village is a village for uh, men and women who are in need of assistance. And our uh, teams have gone there and served and just put a smile on people's face, some of whom have been forgotten by family members and friends. And we're able to go there and encourage them and show them the love of God. And I'm grateful for all of those teams who went there. I got to give a special shout out, Sister Faye Moore and her Rooted and Grounded Life group. They went and fellowshiped at the, uh, yeah. Now, they went and served at the fall fair at Friends with Down Syndrome. And uh, go back to the slide before, go back to the slide before. So, uh, Faye going to have to explain how this happened. Uh, but they came up with some shirts, right? Now, now here's, but, but no, I want you to hear this. Uh, her home church provided the shirts and they went out and served uh, at, it was a great testimony. If, if you, if you want to read it, go to Faye Moore's uh, Facebook page. But they went and the church, her home church provided the shirts and they went out as a life group and went there and volunteered with the friends with Down syndrome. And so it was just a tremendous joy to see uh, that kind of service spread and us be able to even expand our impact uh, to others. So come on, give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Remember, the church is not the building. It's people dedicated to making the main thing the only thing. I got to share with you some highlights, though, some personal testimonies. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but just some powerful testimonies. Uh, one member said she was a child 
but never felt part of this church. She's been here since she was a child. She joined Rooted and Grounded, bonded with her group, and now feels like she belongs at Good Hope. Uh, brother, yeah, one of the brothers said he never fully connected with the men at Good Hope, but he connected with the men of his Rooted and Grounded group. Now he wants to reach out and become more involved with the men's ministry here at the church. Uh, this sister said this was her last hope to stay at Good Hope, rooted and grounded. She not only got involved, she bonded with her group and now is facilitating a group and is on the discipleship team. Isn't that wonderful? A uh, young man said he was struggling to find his place in life and at Good Hope. He went through Rooted and Grounded as a participant and then as a facilitator. It gave him purpose for his life and he discovered how God can use him for kingdom work through Rooted and Grounded. Come on. That's some great news. Isn't that wonderful? Now listen, I'm trying to tell you if you have not signed up, whether you are in this sanctuary or you are watching, if you have not signed up, if you have not leaned into Rooted and Grounded, and making discipleship the focus of your life, you need to do that because it will help you to grow, but more important, it'll help you to discover the purpose, God's purpose for your life and for your living. This week, we move into week eight. How does God view money? How does God view money? And for many people in the church, money is a four-letter word, right? And part of it is because we've seen so much excess taking place and we've seen so many uh, unscrupulous leaders in the church. And so uh, we're going to talk about that on today. And so I hope and pray that you're ready to hear from God. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Speak to us now, O Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. For this is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but God, your word will forever last. Lord, we are ready for your word. May your word go forth in power and might. May it find fertile ground in our hearts and minds that we would be more than just hearers. Help us to be doers of your word and give your preacher courage today to stand on the wall and declare what thus says the Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the things we hate to talk about in the church is money. Um, if you have talked to people about coming to church, they might have asked you something like this. Is your preacher one of them preachers that's always preaching about money? I don't want to go to no church where they're always talking about money. Especially when the perception is that all the money goes to the preacher. Yeah, y'all give all that money and that preacher, he riding around in that big old fine car and he living in that mansion, that mansion worth more than the church building is, right? And you hear all of these negative ideas and concepts about preachers and money. And, 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 and here's what's truthful. Uh, money is the most misunderstood and mistrusted subject you can talk about in the church. Uh, most people are fine as long as you're singing. Um, they okay if you want to pray for them. But when you start talking about money, 
we got a problem. But here's what we don't realize. The Bible says more about how we handle our finances, our money, and our possessions than it does about heaven and hell combined. And the reason is very simple. God wants you to love him, but he recognizes that love can never be separated from what we give. That's why in Matthew 6, 21, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Just like you cannot claim you love a man or a woman and not give them anything, he says, you cannot claim that you love me and not give back to me, especially when I am the source of every good and perfect gift in your life. Today, we're going to continue our worldwide rooted series, week eight, how does God view money? And I want to talk today from the thought, the truth about tithing, the truth about tithing. Now, all of us have heard, if you've been around church any length of time about tithing, some people mispronounce it and call it tying, but it's not tying, it's tithing. And when we talk about tithing, it's important for you to understand not what the preacher says, but what the Bible says about tithing. Our text is Genesis chapter 14. Now, that might surprise some of you old churchgoers, because when I say tithing, you automatically think Malachi chapter 3. But we're going to go to where it was first mentioned, the primary reference of tithing, Genesis chapter 14. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. If you're watching, you can download the outline by going to our website, goodhope.org, or going to the app and downloading the app and you can find the outline there that you can use as a fill in the blank tool. Now, let me be honest and confess to you that this is not something I talk about often. Those of you who have been at this church for any length of time, even when I was living on the love offering, I've never really talked about giving. And I'm going to tell you why I didn't talk about giving. Uh, If I think about it, it might be one of my strongholds, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't talk about it because I have seen the excesses of preachers who I perceive to be pimps of their congregation. Somebody say talk real, Pastor. Uh, I've I've seen pastors driving vehicles that were worth more than the building they parked outside of. Um, I saw preachers who had five-star offices laid out luxurious and plush in a raggedy church building, right? And, And so I've always shied away from it because in part, I never wanted to give somebody money as an excuse to not give their life to the Lord. But here's what I've come to understand, brothers and sisters. Those who struggle the most with the subject of money in terms of their Christian life are really revealing their own spiritual immaturity. You don't have to say amen. I know I'm right. Because the truth of the matter is we are never to worship our God empty handed. Even the children of Israel, there was a compromise that was offered by Pharaoh to the children of Israel when Moses went down at the command of God and told Pharaoh, let my people go. One of the compromises Pharaoh offered was 
for Moses to take the men, the women, and the children, but leave their possessions in Egypt. Go worship God, but you go worship God broke. And Moses turned down the offer because Moses said, our God has been too good to us to go before him empty-handed to say thank you. God has blessed us with everything that we have and everything that we have is going to go in worship to our God. And my brothers and sisters, we've got to learn that we worship God in totality. We worship God in everything and with everything that we have. We just don't say, I love you, Lord, with our mouth. We've got to say, I love you, Lord, with everything that God has blessed us with. Three things I want you to see today that I hope will give you some helpful hints on what the truth about tithing is. Here's the first thing. Number one, <coughs> excuse me, you need to realize tithing was a giving principle practiced before the law, not because of the law. Tithing was a giving principle practiced before the law, not because of the law. Genesis 14, beginning at verse 17. After his return from the defeat of Kedor Laomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Jerusalem had not been attacked by the invading army so far as the record shows. But Melchizedek knew that the eastern invaders could have returned to conquer not only Jerusalem, but all of Canaan. So Abram eliminates the danger of attack by defeating the invaders from the east. Now, here's what's important for you to understand. That Abram is the same patriarch that we would later know as Abraham when God changed his name. The blessing had not come on Abraham or his wife Sarai, whose name would be changed to Sarah. But before he was blessed by God to be the father of many nations, the Bible says he blessed the Lord by giving him a tenth of what he had received. Melchizedek's purpose was not to heap uh, dishonorable praise upon Abram. No, he gave him godly praise, godly honor, and he honored the Lord for giving Abram the power to be victorious over his enemy. And because of how good God had been to him, Abram responded by giving back to God. Now, I want you to notice two important facts about this passage. First of all, this is the first time the word tenth or tithe is mentioned in the Bible. It is the law of primary reference. And a tenth is 10%. Everybody say 
he gave 10% of what he gave back to the Lord. Here's the second thing I need you to know. Before the law was even created, tithing was being practiced by believers from the earliest times. Those who believed God gave out of what they had received from God. Even Jacob, the Bible says, gave long before Moses was given birth to. Look at Genesis 28, verse 22. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Don't miss the order. Jacob is saying to God, of all you bless me with, I will give a tenth to you. Because I'm recognizing that I'm only giving out of what God has blessed me with. Y'all occasionally, um, I'll, I'll sense God speaking to me and, and moving me to be a blessing to somebody. I don't need to know him. I just need to know that this is what God has told me to do. And, and so this past week I was in Atlanta and we walked in a restaurant and we were standing there. And there was about four or five of us that were together at this association meeting. And I was there to teach. And there was a lady who was sitting there with a group of ladies, an older lady. And she was sitting there and she had a sign that said, a, a balloon that said, happy birthday. And the Lord just told me to bless her. Now, the Lord told me how much to bless her with. I couldn't tell the Lord no because he already knew what was in my pocket. The, 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 as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something funny. I usually keep something in my wallet as an emergency, like just in case. And so I went in my pocket where I had a few dollars cash, Deacon Page, and I went in there, and the Lord told me the amount, right? And I went in my pocket, and it wasn't there. And I said, Lord, I don't even have that much. And the Lord said, check your wallet. <laughs> sure enough, it was in there. And so I, I, I walked up to the lady. She was in there with a group of her friends, uh, brothers and sisters. And I said, hey, I said, you know, the Lord just told me to bless you. Happy birthday. I said, whose birthday is it? And she says, my birthday. I said, the Lord just told me to bless you and just tell you happy birthday. And he just wants you to have a special day today. And so I gave it to her and I had it folded up and she took it. And she said, oh, my God, thank you. I appreciate it so much. And then she opened it up and saw what it was. She said, oh, my God, thank you so much. And she said, who are you? And I said, it doesn't matter, ma'am. I'm, I'm, I'm visiting from Houston, Texas. She said, are you a minister? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. I said, but the Lord just told me to bless you. And she said, nobody's ever done anything like this for me in my life. And I said, well, maybe that's why the Lord told me to do it for you today. The Lord just wanted me to bless you, right? Um, but now listen, I gave out of what the Lord has blessed me with. And I gave because the Lord told me to do it, right? Because I've learned that I can't beat God giving. Yo, I, I don't know how many of y'all would join me, but I have never missed what God told me to give somebody. I have never, I never sat back and said, ooh, man, I wish I had that back. And when, I've never missed it. God has always blessed with more. Now, here's what some people will say about tithing, and you'll hear this. We, your pastor teach tithing? Your pastor teach, uh-uh, we ain't under the law, we under grace. 
We ain't supposed to be tithing. We ain't required to give no tithes. And you know what? That person is absolutely right. Here's what they miss. Tithing didn't start under the law. Tithing started before the law. Here's the second thing that they miss. Grace requires more than the law. So when somebody says, well, no, I ain't, I ain't got the tithe because we ain't under the law. You absolutely right, brother. You absolutely right, sister. Guess what? Grace includes the tithe and exceeds the tithe. When you give according to grace, Jesus says grace expects more. Listen carefully. Grace expects more from your giving than the law because grace gives more than the law. Some of y'all got a blank look on your face. Let me help you out. Look at Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with a brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell fire. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus says, the law says, if you take her in your hands, and commit adultery, you're guilty. Jesus says, but grace says, if you look at her and take her in your heart, you're guilty. Even if you never touch her with your hands. Y'all real quiet. Uh, Verse 33, go to verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, verse 34, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. He says, don't swear to God. Don't swear on heaven. Don't swear on anything else. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Oh, I like verse 38. You have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Oh, oh. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your coat too. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. You have heard, verse 43, you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Everywhere Jesus refers to the law, he says, You have heard or you have read, but I say to you, there's a higher standard. Grace does not require less than the law. Jesus says grace requires more because grace has given you more. 
So when you say 10%, you acting like that's a big deal. Watch this. 10% doesn't belong to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord. It all belongs to the Lord. You are literally just giving back to God a portion of what he's given to you. Here's the second thing. You need to realize tithing is a proper response to God's blessings in your life. It is a proper response. Verse 19, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Listen to what Jacob says in Genesis 28, beginning at verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a tenth to you. Jacob says, it's just a proper response to give back to the one who has blessed me. Especially when I recognize everything I have, he's the one that blessed me with it. So I'm only giving back to him a portion of what he has blessed me with. Look at A. When you tithe, you tell God, thank you. When you tithe, you tell God, thank you. See, El Elyon means the highest or most high God. Melchizedek recognizes not just the presence of God, but he recognizes the power of God that was exercised on the behalf of Abram and the people of Israel and those who lived in the Canaan Valley. And so Abram recognizes that because he has been blessed by God, because he has been used by God, it's just right to say thank you by giving back to the one who has given so much to you. It's just a token of your gratitude. You thank God for who he is, what he's done, and what he's doing in your life. Look at B. When you tithe, you tell God, I trust you. I trust you. Uh, Jesus said, Matthew 19, to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 24, I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, rich is a relative term. Right. Uh, you can think you rich and then pull up along somebody who's a whole lot richer. Right. And, and be like, OK, we, we got a problem here. Right. Here's the problem for rich people. And can I tell you something? Anybody can have a rich attitude even if they don't have a rich bank account. 
And I'm not talking about in a positive way. I'm talking about a negative way. See, the rich person in this text trusts in their riches. And so because they trust in their riches, they don't trust God. So Jesus says it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven because it's hard for a rich person to stop trusting in their riches and to start trusting in God. Some of you in here right now, you might not think you're rich, but you're too rich for your own God. Here's how I know it. You remember that rich young ruler? Jesus says, you're real close to the kingdom. He said, what do I have to do? He said, well, you got to do this, this, and this. He said, I've done all of that. And then he said, there's one more thing you got to do. You got to give all your possessions to the poor. And the Bible says the rich young ruler walked away with his head down sad because he had too much. He had so much that he couldn't obey Jesus's command. Listen to me carefully. It's not how much he had that was the problem. It's that he had too much to give that was the problem. So some of you, even though you don't think you're rich, you have too much to give in terms of your willingness to give your all to God. Which means you're too rich for your own God. When you tithe, you say, I trust you, God. I trust you for what you have provided, and I trust you for what you will provide. I'm not trying to save up. I'm not trying to store up. I'm not using any earthly excuse for not giving you a proper thank you for the blessings that you have provided for me. I'm trusting you, God. And that's why I'm giving to you. Look at Leviticus 2730. Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Let's read it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. See, when you tithe, you tell God, I love you. When you tithe, you tell God, I love you. Matthew 6 Beginning at verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says, don't say you love me, show me you love me. Uh, let me see if I can get some help from some of the ladies in here. Man says, I love you, baby. I love you. Girl, you know I, girl, you know I love you. I loves you. You know I loves you. Wait a minute, where your money going? Oh, it's going over here to this other woman. But I loves you, girl. I loves you. And you be like, oh, no, no, no. You know the saying, romance without finance will become a nuisance, right? <laughs> so I said, no, no, no. There's a direct correlation between giving and love. Right? I can't say I love somebody and not give to that person. Because that is a natural expression. 
of the love that I say that I have. You run around here talking about you love God. Tearing up pews and chairs, running all the time, how much you love the Lord, lifting your hands. Wearing a $500 outfit, $200 hairstyle, $100 nails, and put $10 in the offering, talking about I love the Lord. No, the math don't add up. The math don't add up. You can't sit there and pay your mortgage with the Lord's money and pay your car note with the Lord's money and then think so much of your car you won't give somebody a ride in your car. Think so much of your house, folk can't even know where you live and you don't invite anybody over to show hospitality to, but you love the Lord. When you give, you tell God, I love you. So how much do you really love God, child of God? Who who woke you up this morning? Who started you on your way? Who's keeping you in your right mind? Who protects you against enemies seen and unseen? Who gives you grace when you don't deserve it? Who gives you mercy when you sure enough need it? Who washed you? Who cleansed you? Who sealed you? Who redeemed you? Who restored you? Who made a way for you out of no way? Who gives you strength when you're weak? Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. Proverbs 3, beginning at verse 9, says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. He says, give God the first fruit. Can I tell you some of you the problem with your giving? You wait till after you do everything you have to do and everything you want to do and then whatever's left and convenient and doesn't hurt, you give to God. Uh, how many of y'all go out eat in restaurants? Anybody? Y'all go out? Some of y'all have been going out for a minute. You, you remember, for, for, first you remember when they really didn't tip at all. It, you know, you just left a dollar, you were good, right? And, and then they said 10% was kind of etiquette. It was the norm. You need to leave at least 10%. Then it went up to 15%, right? Now they suggest minimally 18, but they're going to put 18, 20, and 25%, right? Uh, and if you go out in a large group, they're going to set the gratuity and then put a line there, additional gratuity if desired, right? And, and y'all, listen, um, sometimes when I, when I go out, I, I, feel, I feel bad because I, I talk to restaurant owners and workers in restaurants, and some of them don't like to wait on us because they say we don't know how to tip. 
I'm talking about black people, y'all. When I say us, y'all. I, I'm trying to tell you what Jesus loves, the truth. Now, I'm trying to tell you the truth. They say they don't, they don't like to wait on us because we don't, we don't know how to tip. We don't know how to tip. You know, we, st- we still 10%, maybe, you know. And, uh, and so I almost feel obligated sometimes to tip a little bit more. You know, like I got to make up for some folk that don't have any training, you know. <laughs> but but, but here's, here's, here's what I think, you know. I'm sitting there, and I'm going to tip somebody who waited on me minimally 18%. And I don't want to give the Lord 10%. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to give the person who waited on me 18%, but the one who gave me everything I have, I, I'm going to struggle giving him 10 and he gave me everything I have? I, I'm going to struggle with 10 with the Lord, who is the source of every good and perfect gift in my life. But I ain't got no problem giving 18, 20, 25 and looking like a big spender when I go out to eat. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to realize when you practice the principle of tithing, you unleash an irrefutable law of Scripture and and add this on at the end, on your behalf. You release an irrefutable law of Scripture on your behalf. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I I, I love that word bountifully. It's, It's just a powerful word, powerful word imagery. If you sow a little, you reap a little. But if you sow bountifully, he says you will reap bountifully. It's an irrefutable law of nature. You reap what you sow. And when you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. And when you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. There's certain laws of, of nature that are, that are non-negotiable. You can't negotiate with the law of gravity. Jump off a building if you want and try to negotiate with the law of gravity. <laughs> you, you find out when you hit the floor, hit the ground, that your negotiations were in vain. You can't negotiate with the law of gravity. What goes up is going to come down eventually. It, it's, it's, it's the law of gravity. You can't negotiate with the law of sowing and reaping. Givers reap in proportion to what they sow. And he says, when you learn how to give, and y'all listen, we're talking about giving and tithing and finances, but can I tell you something? I've learned this principle works in every area of your life. When you learn how to give, you position yourself to receive from God. 
I, I had somebody call me just last night and they said, man, I need some help at my church. And I said, you know, man, I'm glad to be able to come and help you. And he said, pastor, what's your fee? What do you charge? And I said, man, listen, I have a fee and typically I give it, especially when it's places I don't want to go. I got a real big fee that I give, you know, cause they got to make me want to be there. Right. I said, but but no, man, listen, I'm coming to help you, man. Hey, man, whatever you can do, don't, don't make it hard on yourself. If you can't do anything, it's fine, man. But I'm, I'm just coming to help you. And he said, no, but pastor, I need you. And then he told me, he said, man, he said, I appreciate you so much saying that. He said, because I had a person that I loved and I trusted and I believed in who charged me to come. And they charged me so much that it caused problems at my church for me for over a year. So much so I couldn't bring the person back. And even though they wanted to come back, I couldn't bring them back because I knew they wouldn't come for anything less than what they asked for. I said, man, listen, I'm coming to help you, right? Now, here, here's what I know. I know that God, it, not only did I do it because I know God is going to bless me, here's what I know. God has already blessed me. God, God has already blessed me. And all I'm doing is paying forward blessings I've already received. Look at Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. I need the deacons to help me out real quick because <clears throat> I want you to see what this looks like. See, when we talk about giving, um, it, it's hard for us to picture this idea of, of 10%. And, and I've heard people who say, you know, um, Pastor, that's a whole lot. Here's what's amazing to me. When people say things like, uh, Rev, I hit this lottery. Church ain't got to worry about nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay my tithes. And church ain't got to worry about nothing. Let, let me hit that. Let me hit that hundred million. Let me hit that 200 million. Rev, you ain't got to worry about nothing. I'm going to take care of you too, Rev. Here's what's interesting. They're not tithing off the dollar they get now. Now, I don't know if y'all think God is crazy, <clears throat> but why would God bless you with more when you're not being faithful with what he's blessed you with now? Right? Why would God bless you with more when you're not faithful? So you start with what God has blessed you with. And that's what you do first. Not last. Now, somebody said, well, why would you do that first? Because it helps set the tone of what the priority of your life should be. See, the reason people are blessed in their tithing, the reason people are blessed when they give to God first is because in giving to God first, they put God first in their life. In giving to God first, they make their relationship with God, their walk with God, their priority. They start with God. They don't start with themselves. They don't start with playing. They don't start with foolishness. They don't start with fun. They don't start with their desire. They start with God. 
10% to God as a beginning point. As a beginning point. 10% goes to God. 90, 90, 90% you get to keep. That's just a simple principle of tithing. Now, the deacons are helping you to see what this looks like. Right? We have 100 items. On God's table, we're going to put 10. On your table, we're going to put 90. Some of you say, I can't live without the 10. Even though you got 90. Can I tell you, your problem is not how much you have, is how you live. No, no, let me see if I can make it plain. You the same person, when you was making $5 an hour, who said, if I can just get 50 cent more an hour, I'd be on easy street. You were making $10 an hour. You said, boy, if I could just get $12 an hour, it changed my life. And you got $12 an hour and spent all of that. You didn't save any of that. We got 10 items. And we got 90 over here. Now, let me add insult to injury, because some of y'all are real spiritual. So here's what y'all uber spiritual people say. Well, pastor, I, I tithe, but I don't tithe to the church. I give to people. I help them with their rent. I help them with groceries. Number one, like you keep track of how much you really give. But here's what adds insult to injury. Why are you going to take from the Lord's 10% to bless somebody else? Why don't you give from your 90? With this 10, we take care of staff, we take care of community, counseling, food pantry, outreach, all that comes out of the 10. Helping bless people in 164 countries around the world comes out of the 10. And then you want to take out of the 10. Talking about you going to bless somebody else. And you sitting there with 90. You spend more on your coffee every week than you give to the kingdom. Five days a week. Five dollars a day. And you walk up in here and you doing something when you drop ten dollars in the offering. And you can't get your breakfast at Starbucks for $10. It's something wrong with our priorities, y'all. And then we come and say we love the Lord. Based on your giving, have church at Starbucks and tell them I love your Starbucks. And I lift my voice. I worship your caffeine. I thank God for your caffeine. In the name of Carmel Macchiato. 
como maquiaron loco maca chaca. Something wrong with our priorities, y'all. And we get mad when somebody says, give God 10 and we get 90. Y'all, I, I was at a bakery uh, around the corner. And so I walked in to get something. I, I, I wanted some tea cakes. I was going to get some tea cakes. And there was a lady in there. She was blasting preachers. Now, I'm incognito, y'all, so I, you know, I don't look like a preacher. I ain't dressed like no preacher. I don't have on no Good Hope shirt or nothing. I'm just going. I'm slipping in. Give me some tea cakes. I'm going home. And I walk in, and this woman's blasting preachers. Yeah, y'all see that story about that preacher got a $65 million jet? And, and you see that story about that preacher got, got gold-plated faucets and sinks and living in a mansion and and I and, and she just going to town y'all I don't say nothing I'm just going in get my tea cake I, I, I don't even want to get in anything you, you understand I'm just going to get my tea cake I'm going so I walk in and I said can I have, can I have a couple of tea cakes give me a bag of tea cakes and the lady behind the counter gets it nobody knows I'm a preacher except the lady behind the counter and so when she brings the tea cakes up, puts it in the bag, then she says, Pastor, is there anything else you want? <laughs> Y'all, I'm, I'm sitting there like, I, I, see, I know you, you're wrong. You know you're wrong, right? <laughs> now, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I was thinking she was wrong, not because I was worried about this woman, I was really concerned about this woman because I know if she starts directing this towards me, she getting ready to get an earful, <laughs> right? Because I'm not the one. I'm, I'm, I'm not nasty. I'm, I'm, I'm all in the spirit now, but I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> sure enough. Oh, you a preacher? Oh, you a pastor? You one of them $65 million jet preachers? You one of them... Uh, 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 a big car driving preachers and right, she just go down her list. I just let her go ahead. And I said, ma'am, I am a pastor, but that's not the kind of pastor I am. Where do you pastor? I said, well, I pastor the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church on McGregor right on the bayou. I said, have you ever been to our church? No, I ain't never been to your church. What's your church doing in the community? Because none of these other preachers are doing anything. So y'all, I just pulled out the Uzi. We serve this many people. We feed this many people. We help house this many people. We help educate this many people. We work with, you know, adjudicated youth. We work with single moms. We do I mean, I'm just walking it down the list. And man, she about that small when I got through. I said, ma'am, do you have any other questions for me before I leave? She said, no, 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 I, no. I, thank you. I said, well, come by the church sometimes and visit. Would you come by sometimes and visit? That's right. And I left. 
Now, I'm sure she got back on that $65 million jet preacher when I left. But, but here's my point. My point is, um, I, I want you to thank God that you're part of a church that is committed to helping people and helping our community. Um, we had a church in this community whose budget is probably 10 times our budget. Wanted to know if, if we would pay for a food program in a neighborhood that's by their church. Their budget is 10 times our budget. And it, and, and, and it wasn't the pastor that asked me. He knew better than to ask me that. It was, it was one of the staff members. And they asked under the guise of, Pastor, we know y'all do so much in the community. And I looked at them. I said, well, why isn't your church doing more in the community? Why are you asking us to pay for ministry in your community, in your neighborhood, down the street from your church building, and your budget is 10 times our budget? I said, y'all got bad priorities. Y'all don't have kingdom priorities. Y'all are too busy and worrying about building buildings than building people. And we don't have time for that. I want to challenge you because this is part of being a disciple, right? It's not just serving and volunteering and witnessing, but it's also giving. And remember where your treasure is. Jesus said, that's where your heart is. Jesus said, I can tell how you love me. Not by what you say, but by what you do. All I got to do is look at your checkbook and tell how much you really love me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. We pray that your word has found fertile ground in the hearts and minds of your people, that we would be more than just hearers of your word. Help us to be doers as well. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, all that we have said and done. And God, may we make a commitment to be obedient to what you have called us to do, not just in terms of our giving physically, but in terms of our making you the center of our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Many years ago, a 16-year-old was told to leave home because his father was too poor to support him. He went to the big city, got a job as a soap maker, was hard work but he took that job and began to save he remembered the words of his mother and the godly advice of a captain of a canal boat and he dedicated his life to the Lord and in dedicating his life to the Lord he was determined that he would give 10 cents out of every dollar to God and to kingdom work when his first dollar came in he proudly took that 10 cents and put it aside to give to God. He continued to do the same thing as his work continued to prosper. Soon, this young man had worked so hard that he became one of the partners in his business and eventually his other partner died and he took over the business alone. He was generous in his giving to the kingdom work. So much so 
that God just continued to bless him. God blessed him so much that he went from 10% to 20%. Told his bookkeeper, he said, put aside 20%. And it seemed like every time he increased his giving, God increased the business. He started putting aside 30% and the business grew. He put aside 40% and the business continued to grow. Finally, he put aside 50% of everything that he made, dedicated it to kingdom work, and his business continued to flourish. The young man's name was William Colgate. He became one of the principals of what we know now as the Colgate Palmolive Company. And he swore his entire life that he was blessed because he practiced tithing and he practiced giving. Uh, One man said, I tithe and said it proudly. And he said, I'll tell you how it came about. He said, I started working as a young man, as a small boy actually to support my mother. And he said, when I went to work, I made $1.50 a week. He said, I took that $1.50 and gave it to my mother. My mother took the money, held it in her lap and said to me, she would be happy if I gave one-tenth of what I made to the Lord. And he said, I did that. And every week I gave a tenth to the Lord. He said, I tithe every dollar that God blessed me with He said, and from that week forward, he said, if I had not learned how to tithe on the dollar, I would not have learned how to tithe on the million dollars. And then this is what he said, train a child to tithe and they will grow up faithful stewards of the Lord. This man tithed so that part of his tithes went to the Atlanta school for Negro girls. He gave and gave to support that school and wanted to establish that school as a premier educational institution for young black girls. He was an abolitionist, he and his wife. They gave so much to the school that they named the school after his wife and they used her maiden name, Spellman. That school is Spellman College in Atlanta. Georgia and his name was John D. Rockefeller senior John D. Rockefeller when he died was the richest man in the world but when he died he had made a commitment with his life and he made a commitment he said I don't want to be known by what money I've made I want to be known by what money I've given away He started the University of Chicago, a tier one university from the ground up out of his own pocket. He built churches, supported the arts because he wanted his life to be known for what he gave. My brothers and my sisters, so many of us have missed the blessings of God because we think the blessings of God come when we get and when we keep. And we don't know that we're blessed when we give. When we give of our time, our talent, our treasure, 
our temple and our testimony. When we give, we position ourselves to receive. God can't give anything to anybody who has a closed hand. It's only when we open our hands and can be a blessing to somebody else that God can be a blessing to us. Everybody stand on your feet if you can and if you will. If you're here today and you've never asked the Lord into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to God. If you're here today, you're looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be, we invite you to come. The wonderful thing about God is he'll meet you where you are, but he won't leave you there. He'll make something beautiful out of your life. If you're watching today, a QR code is coming up on the screen. And that QR code is a link. Now, if you're in the chat, you can let somebody in the chat know, I want to ask Jesus Christ into my life. I need somebody to pray with me, pray for me. But even in the sanctuary, if you want to use that QR code, you can. And you can give your life to the Lord. Can I tell you something? If you are struggling right now with giving God your possessions, maybe you're struggling because you've never given God your person. You can't give God what's in your hand when you've never given God your heart. And so I want you today to start with saying yes to Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. We're going to sing, and while we sing, we invite you to come. Come just as you are because God loves you just like you are, but he won't leave you there. Come on and come. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, yes Lord, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yeah. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Oh, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. Amen. Good hope. It's time for the offering. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, will a, rant, will a man rob God? Malachi says, yet you have robbed me. People say, wherein have we robbed you, God? He said, in tithes and offerings. You paying for cars with my offering. You going shopping with my offering you going on vacation with my offering and then you want me to understand he said bring all the tithes to the storehouse that there may be meat in my house improve me now here with saith the lord of hosts uh, when we talk about 400 to 500 families a week 800 to a thousand people a week that all comes out of your giving 
you make a difference in the lives of people. Um, when we talk about missionaries that we support locally, nationally, and internationally, that comes out of what you give every week. And it, it would be a tragedy. It would be a shame. I think it would be a shame um, if we had to cut and couldn't feed a hundred families because we can't say no to eating out in order to give what God expects from us. If we can't say no to living higher than we need to because we can't say no to ourselves. Um, it, I think it would be a tragedy that people who come here every week and I've gotten phone calls from people who say, Pastor, there have been times, I'm not proud to say this, I've had to get dog food to end the month and I don't have a dog because I couldn't afford to buy food to eat. And some of y'all looking shocked, but there's somebody sitting on the road with you that's just one paycheck away, two paychecks maybe at most from being right there. And so always remember that, that when we give, we partner with God in the kingdom work. And we're blessed when we are a blessing to somebody else. Amen. Now, I know some of y'all boy convicted. Some of y'all like, man. Uh, Pastor Cam, come, come on up and tell, tell your story on last week. I, I had to let, you know, so last week we talked about what we do unto the least of these Y'all remember that? Right? And, and the folks said, when do we see you? Jesus said, when do we? They said, Jesus, when do we see you? Because the sheep, they were doing what they were supposed to do, but they never thought they were seeing Jesus. And Jesus said, when you do it unto the least of these. And uh, can I tell you something? Whenever God gives you a word, there's always a test. It's like a pop quiz. You get a lesson and then God says, okay, now let's see if you learn. Go ahead, Rev. Okay. Good morning, church. Uh, so last week, Pastor was talking about service and giving and a wonderful message as always. And I heard the message at 8 o'clock and then we went over to True Youth and did what we did there. And I was leaving church, windows down, music blasting, right? So... Uh, I get to the stop sign on OST, or stoplight at OST. My windows are all down, right? On the left-hand side, there's a brother who's homeless, and I ain't looking his way. <laughs> God is true. I'm like, I'm doing everything in my power to look this way, right? And I don't want to roll my windows up because that would kind of be rude. So I'm just hoping he don't say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. We ain't going to say nothing, right? <laughs> so, you know, and so, uh, I, but I just heard the message that Pastor gave, right? And so I'm sitting there at the light and he says to me, how was church? I said, okay, so you want to play, you want to play, you want to play. <laughs> so, so I look over from looking this way, I look, 
I said, man, it was good. Great message, you know, doing what God, you know, called us to do. I said, man, look, let me just, let me just apologize. I don't have any cash on me. I don't carry any cash on me. I said I need to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to go to H-E-B, put some stuff in my trunk, and, you know, have something to give to your brothers and sisters when, when I can. He looks at me, and he says, oh, man, that's all right. He said, the conversation is equally accepted and appreciated. I said, this Negro done convicted me. I said, I said, Lord, you ain't got to speak so loud. I mean, the Lord was just speaking real loud. I'm like, okay. So, and so I, I, uh, light turns green. I go to the next light. And I said, Cam, you got to do better. You got to do better. And, uh, and then the Lord said, do better right now. Do better right now. And so I took a U-turn, went to Papa's Barbecue. Y'all know where it is. And, I, you know, I found the biggest thing I could get on there for him. And uh, I think the total meal was 23 bucks. And I, I pulled back up to the brother. And I said, man, thank you for the inspection. And moved on. And it was just as simple as that. And I was telling pastors sometimes... We receive the word. We're in church services and we leave here. And before we hit the parking lot, get to our destination, something has snatched the word that we've taken. And God, God really wants us to live out our faith. And so, um, and so I told him yesterday jokingly, I said, man, look, I already paid my tithe, my offering. I said, here's the receipt. I said, you ain't finna be getting on me tomorrow. So, 